0: Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa, and this is our show for the week of Schmerz Day, March 14th, 2022. On the show today, news, listener questions, and in our main segment, Jim Hill gives us the background on Crushing Gusher, the water-powered roller coaster over at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon that opened this week in 2005. Let's get started by bringing in the man who says that if you hold a lobster up to your ear, you can hear what it's like to be attacked by a crustacean. It's Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? Do you actually like lobster? I had it last night, actually. (laughs) We had uh, Laurel and I had uh, lobster rolls for dinner.
1: Yeah. But lobster rolls, as in you didn't have to wrestle your food to the ground in order to No, it's exhausting. I mean, plus it's super personal. You have to pick the one you want to eat. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But it just, I I guess for me, I'm always fascinated by the history of lobster because it's like the pilgrims come over and they describe arriving in 1620 where you roll up to the Massachusetts coast and sometimes after a storm, there'd be two foot piles of lobster along the shore. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it was trash food. It was poor people food, yeah. They were literally servants who would make their deals with their employees to the effect of, okay, you know, I'll accept this wage, but here's the deal. I'm only going to eat lobster twice a week. You can't force me to eat (laughs) this crap more than twice a week. You know, this (laughs) this trash food. And it's like, I'm just fascinated. When did we make the turn to? Oh my God, lobster. Oh, oh. I mean, it's a scarcity thing, right? When it's uh, when it's abundant, then
0: uh, nobody cares about it. But wasn't there a Julia Roberts movie? Was it Mystic Pizza? Oh, Yes. Where okay. she's like, she's her family is lobster fishermen, and that's all they eat. And mm-hmm. she's sick of it. And then she goes to a fancy dinner, and they're serving lobster, and she's like, ooh, supposed to be like, ooh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that is in fact mystic pizza. So, <laughs> all right, let's do a shout out to subscribers over at DisneyDish.Bandcamp.com. Thanks to new subscribers White Angus Farms, Megat Tribe, and Section One Guy, and long time subscribers Spencer Eiches, Matt Halbauer, and R. Stevens, Jim. These are the Disney cast members who scour the earth for new and exotic soda flavors to bring back to Epcot's Club Cool, from Manila's Royal Watermelon to Korea's Apple Lychee. They say that having the all-sugar water diet of a hummingbird really keeps the weight off, but they still get flashbacks whenever Aunt Beverly hugs them at (laughs) family reunions. True story.
1: (laughs) Uh, I I still remember going in there, and and the, the folks who would do the Beverly chugging challenge, and it's like <sighs> even the folks at Guantanamo drew the yeah, line. Exactly, exactly. Like, <laughs> no, you no, <know>, we'll do <laughs> a lot of Geneva- stuff, but, but not Beverly. There are people in Geneva saying, "Are you sure
0: you want to do this? Like we're we're mm. <laughs> against it." Yeah, yeah. yeah. the uh, I remember uh, the the classic line that I used the first time I tried Beverly was from mm-hmm. one of the early Friends episodes where mm-hmm. Phoebe is giving Monica mocklet and Monica's line was, I can't believe you let me put that in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like (laughs) anytime you eat something bad, that's the line to use. (laughs) I'm saving that one. All right, right, Jim, let's do the news folks. The Disney dish news is brought to you by storybook destinations, trusted travel partner of the Disney dish podcast for a worry-free travel experience. Every time book online at storybookdestinations.com. Jim, uh, just as a reminder, you and I are doing our first ever Disney dish cruise in 2022. We're mm-hmm. calling it the Disney dish on the Disney wish. The dates are September 23rd to the 26th of this year. And I mention this because we have exactly one cabin left. And then that's all we think we can handle in terms of group size. So originally we started off with 20 cabins. We were woefully uh, under, underprepared. The response, we're at a mm-hmm. point now where we think this is as many people as we can entertain. Just the two of us, one more cabin left. Uh, If you're interested, storybookdestinations.com slash Disney Dish. And the other thing I wanted to mention is it looks like, Jim, you and I are going to do a group cruise on the Star Cruiser Halcyon in March or April of 2023. We should know more about that for the next show. So stay tuned for details. If you didn't make it onto the Disney Dish cruise in 2022, uh, there's always 2023. Okay. And again, as I, I mentioned before the show, Jim, neither you or I actually control our schedules or our participation uh, in no, that particular thing. <laughs> this will be the people who <laughs> run storybook destinations and, and and on our side trying to figure out what we're going to do. We are merely pawns in this game. That's uh,
1: fine. Go, yeah. d- 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 bow down to Miss Whiting. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Jim, a couple of Genie Plus moves at Walt Disney World this week. And mm-hmm. thanks to our friends over at WDWMagic.com. For pointing this out. Uh, first thing is that Mickey and Minnie, starring in Red Carpet Dreams, will be a Genie Plus attraction soon. And then, related to that, uh, mm-hmm. character greetings in Disneyland Paris have dropped their physical distancing requirement. Have you seen this, Jim?
1: Yeah, it's it's been kind of intriguing with the, the 30th anniversary coverage that's coming out to see, you know, it's like, oh my God, that, that character's actually with a child. It's like <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the security to descend on them and it doesn't happen. So Exactly. I mean, case numbers are really dropping fast now, so. They are, they are. But two years of training are hard to let go. <laughs> I know, go of, I know, so.
0: <laughs> exactly. We're, we're all still shell-shocked, right? There <laughs> we go. Also, in the Magic Kingdom, the Festival of Fantasy Parade will get its own preferred viewing area for Genie+. Plus. Jim, my sense here is that this is another acknowledgement that Genie+, Plus needs more capacity. I don't think using that is a particularly good thing in terms of saving time. You may get a better viewing spot. I am still on the fence about that one. No, I get that. I get that. There's
1: also a corresponding reduction in cavalcades, which makes me a little sad. Were you seeing some of the the photographs from Festival of Fantasy? It's it's when you've got a character cavalcade and and there's only ten or twelve characters, but it, it's intimate, it's fun. Whereas Festival of Saint Fantasy, which has come back and is is somewhat anemic,
0: it's cut uh, floats and there are many fewer performers. Right
1: then, it it's not intimate. It looks. Underwhelming. You know, when you're trying to fill a whole street with performers and there's only three of them. Yeah. But I mean it's
0: a it's a parade, it's not a one-man band, right? I yeah. mean we should there should be more people in it.
1: Yeah. I, I agree. And it, it just maybe the smarter play would have been to wait another month or two and do your, your summer hiring and, and when you bring back the parade, bring it back at full strength and not at, you know, it's like, <laughs> there's Mickey. Oh, Minnie will be along later. Yeah. It's the uh, parade version of Hamburger Helper, right? There's a lot of
0: filler in there because they're true. trying to mask the fact that they don't have enough performers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We'll and see. We'll know. see how it's rated. Mm-hmm. Also, Jim, over at the Grand Floridian, Big Pine Key is now closed for its conversion from cash rooms to DVC. My sense is that'll be done. Uh, later in this year. It's just one building. It's dedicated. They've moved everybody out uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of construction timelines. That should be fairly fast. Okay. Okay. Jim, let's move on to uh, surveys. Many, Mm -hmm. many of our listeners were invited to a new round of in-depth Disney surveys. These are the ones, Jim, where they give you a couple hundred dollars to participate. As soon as these listeners get through the next round of questions, we will post them here. And I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Wow. Okay. So we're still heavily surveying. Interesting. Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, I know a
0: batch went out yesterday because I got uh, more than a dozen emails from people <laughs> saying, <laughs> I've got, here's my ear, here the screen caps. This is what I've got. Uh, interestingly, on this one, um, mm-hmm. uh, and I forget who, who wrote in, but one of, the, mm-hmm. one of the listeners said they would stop the survey if you were over a certain age or over a certain income level.
1: Uh, Okay That's That's interesting
0: We'll see see what happens
1: That's very
0: interesting Okay Awesome All right On to listener questions Here's one from Angel Who says I have a question about the What's next ad campaign I.e. I'm going to uh, Disney World Last month before the Super Bowl I watched a segment on ESPN about it And I learned that a player could also say I'm going to Disneyland Which surprised me Because growing up I've only heard Disney World mentioned in those commercials It also got me thinking What determines which park The NFL player will mention then attend for the parade. Is it simply based on location, like the player's team, city, or Super Bowl site? Or is there some other criteria Disney uses? Thanks for the great shows. So Jim, do you know? This most recent
1: Super Bowl was the LA Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. So it's, 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 it's kind of a gimme. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to Disneyland. But I, I remember talking with folks who worked On this campaign and they would shoot coverage as in, okay, say I'm going to Walt Disney world, say I'm going to Disneyland and then cut independent ads for individual markets. But sometimes it was just, look, this is what this guy can say on the fly in this moment and that you get what you get. Yeah, you don't get a second take on that because no, everyone's no. busy. Yeah. yeah. There's some amazing stories about the very first Super Bowl and getting that quote for the ad. And I think D-Day had a touch less preparation. You know, just a notion. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not quite as extensively planned. <laughs> I mean, they had like six different camera crews that were like running right the field, right, you know. We don't know how it's going to end. And just get to that guy and have them say this. So over time, they got better at it. And in much the same way that there were kids who were on Disney Channel shows who literally said the highlight of their career was animating that bumper where they make the Mickey Mouse shape. Oh, the uh, with the wand? Yeah. And yeah. quarterbacks, it's like, oh, my God, I get to be the guy who says I'm going to Disney World. So it's like, yeah, where's the, the camera crew? It's like, don't you want to get the trophy? No, I want to find the Disney guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I've read <laughs> I've read stories about that about how the uh, ad campaign came up, and it's uh, it was a mixture of like obsessive preparation and just good luck, right? Oh, that yeah, made the two things come together. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. All right, here's a, a letter from Mark. He says uh, our family are coming back over from the UK for three weeks for Memorial Day. Obviously, we're hopeful of getting to ride Guardians of the Galaxy. However, my 11 year old boy Thomas has been looking forward to the Agent P interactive game being reimagined to his favorite characters from Ducktales. Is there any update on an opening date? I was hoping there might be for our vacation as it's the perfect excuse to wander the countries with an adult beverage or
1: two. So Jim, have you heard anything about the DuckTales reimagining? You got to understand that Epcot is still a construction site. Yeah. Particularly the future world section of the park and I, when you factor in the pandemic-related delay on A Journey of Water, you know, inspired by Moana and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The redo of, you know, the Agent P thing is so far down on the list now, my understanding is once Journey of Water is completed, mm-hmm. we then get to move to the lesser projects. And sadly, DuckTales is considered a lesser project. Sure. The number of times that you, you and I have been in to go to Lakava, I go, what have... I, my favorite moments. You get a little tequila with Len at La Cava and then you sit outside and watch Dr. Schmertz with his ray gun occasionally rise up in the corner. And, Inside you know, the
0: Mexico Pavilion, yeah.
1: It was always interesting to watch the people who had no idea what was going on. Is like, did I see a man in a lab coat with a gun up in the corner? <laughs> <laughs> or, or is this the best margarita I've ever had? Right? There you go. <laughs> it's one or the other. I mentioned this, uh,
0: uh, this mm. email from Mark, Jim, because... Mm. I think Magic Band Plus is going to launch imminently like Mm -hmm. within the next – definitely, I think, before uh, Mark's trip. So, the thing that I'm surprised – the thing that intrigues me Mm -hmm. about Magic Band Plus is I don't know that Disney has talked about exactly what it's going to be. There's a lot of functionality built into that thing that can do a lot of things like the old – Agent P game, you know that, that the phone did. Mm-hmm. Right, the fact that the Magic Band Plus has its own external charger indicates to me it's more than a Magic Band. It may be something like a Wiimote, mm-hmm. like a Wii remote control. I would not be surprised to see some interactive theme park stuff built in to take advantage of the Magic Band when it launches in the next couple of months.
1: Oh no doubt, no doubt. But we gotta get this stuff done yeah. and be ready for as the capacity of the parks creeps up. And so in fact, where are we now capacity wise? What's your your feeling? I think the last thing that uh that JPEG said was
0: the limiting factor on park capacity was mm-hmm. hiring restaurant staff there we go. And, and entertainment. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you got to assume we were just talking about Festival of Fantasy, the fact that the parade's back. But it's not at full strength. It's not the full parade, right? There you go. There you go. Yeah. Are we seeing anything in regard to food? Is it getting any more locations opening, any better? Or For
0: some reason, I, I'm, I'm on the Patina restaurant group mailing list for employees, for like uh-huh. hiring. Okay. And it originally it was like, here's $500, you know, as a signing bonus. I think the last one I got was $1,500 and all the pizza you can eat. Like I mean, there, <laughs> Patina is is actively trying to hire people, so I I, I still think there's a shortage. Oof. Wow. Okay. But anyway, Mark Mark, I would say um, uh, take a look at the Magic Band pluses when they come out, mm-hmm. I think you'll be out for your trip because I think there might be. I don't think it's going to be exactly the same as HNP or Ducktales, but it might be a bridge that Thomas would be happy with. By the way, uh,
1: Jim, have you heard about a price point for Magic Band Plus? I have not yet. Disney is so sensitive about money at the moment. When you raise the question, we don't say the M word. Exactly.
0: I have been hinted to that it will be much more expensive than people are thinking. And that makes me think that there's functionality built into it that hasn't been announced. We'll say.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: All right, here's a travel tip from David. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, remember, Jim, on last week's episode, I said there were four U.S. states that I haven't been to, Nebraska, Iowa, North Dakota, and Maine. David wrote in with some travel tips for Maine that I thought were worth sharing. He says, my family settled in Maine from Scotland and quarried the granite found on Mount Desert Island. Trust me when I tell you Mount Desert Island is one of the most beautiful places in this country. I recommend Rosalie's Pizza. In Bar Harbor, best pizza of my life. It's nothing fancy. It's just damn good. And sit upstairs to get a window seat. Even the gluten-free pizza is good. By the way, Jim, and I mentioned this one because I once used the phrase gluten-free pizza in front of my Italian grandmother. And she (laughs) crossed herself and looked away. (laughs) She muttered something in Sicilian, a Sicilian dialect that I don't understand, but I, I'm sure it was something about like, let me check this uh, this kid's inheritance. Anyway, uh, the other one, uh, Thurston's Lobster Pound. By the way, Thurston's is an excellent name for a main lobster joint. David says it's worth the 30-minute drive from Bar Harbor. I recommend going uh, to lunch as the crowds can be insane. Great drinks too. The setting cannot be beat, looking out over the harbor with lobster boats coming and going. And then also Jordan Pond House at Acadia National Park.
1: You go here for one thing, popovers. Jim, what's a popover? It's a little fluffy pastry that's made in in like a muffin tin that you place it in like butter in grease and it bakes up out of that. And it's an amazingly round, fluffy, light thing. Very, very good. Ooh! All right. Uh, David says, you will love them so much
0: you'll buy the special baking sheet. And mix just to make them at home. All right. So that's on our main list if anyone's headed this summer. Mm -hmm. And finally, from Leslie, uh, with a suggestion, a few Schmerz days ago in episode 357, you talked about creating a Jeopardy board around Jim's categories of vast knowledge, or as Jim called it, pointless crap. I think you should consider hosting a Disney Dish trivia event. Another podcast in my weekly rotation has been hosting a monthly movie trivia game for their Patreon subscribers via Zoom. Since the start of the pandemic, they use Thomas Todd, ttoddtrivia.com as their quiz master. All right. I, I'll, I'll consider that. Mm, all right. I think, okay. Jim, for us, the question is not do we have enough tri- uh, Disney trivia, mm-hmm. but where do we
1: stop? Like, 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 how obscure are we going to get here? <laughs> yes. How far down the rabbit hole? Because every so often I, I will meet a Disney fan who I think I'm obsessive and it's just sort of, oh, honey. Welcome to the big leagues, Jim. There we go. <laughs> Oh. Exactly. Uh, all right. We'll kick the tires
0: on this one. All right. Good idea. Good idea. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Jim gives us the history of Crushing Gusher, which opened this week in 2005 at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon Water Park. We'll be right back.
1: Okay, we all know how expensive it is to get a new pair of glasses these days, which is why this offer from Kits.com, they're this up-and-coming glasses retailer, just sounds, well, crazy. Because your first pair is free. Seriously, pick from the hundreds of chic styles that Kits.com offers, and then just pay $9.95 to cover the cost of shipping. And your new glasses will be on your doorstep within days. Which just seemed mind-blowing to me. I mean, how is it that Kits.com can offer quality glasses like these at affordable prices? Well, it helps that all lenses are manufactured at Kits Optical Lab up in Vancouver, rather than someplace offshore, so that the quality is better and you can then get your glasses that much faster. Uh, Mind you, you don't need to take my word for it when it comes to Kits.com. Trustpilot, the Consumer Review website, has given this glasses retailer a 4.5-star rating, which, given that Trustpilot's topmost rating is 5 stars, is pretty impressive. Of course, some terms and conditions apply. Some styles of glasses are excluded from Kits.com's first pair-free offer. This offer is also only applicable up to minus 4 prescriptions, which covers most people, but for those folks who have more complex prescriptions, well, that's going to require a more expensive lens. But Kits.com currently has a great deal for those eyeglass wearers as well, which is to take $69 off at the cost of those frames. I mean, I know, it all sounds too good to be true. But if you head on over to the Kits.com website, you'll see that they are, in fact, offering you your first pair of glasses for free. So why not try Kits.com's virtual try-on, and if you like what you see, be sure and use the code freekits at checkout. Again, get your first pair of Kits.com glasses on them. No strings attached. Just pay $9.95 for shipping. Go to Kits.com, that's K-I-T-S dot com, and use code freekits. F-R-E-E-K-I-T-S, at checkout. Kits.com, quality glasses at affordable prices. We thank them for sponsoring today's episode. It's the new year, people, a time when we all set goals for ourselves, plan on finally getting around to those tasks that we've been putting off for weeks, maybe even months. And in my case, I am loath to admit this, but I suffer from too many subscription syndrome. When you're an entertainment writer and for work, you need to watch shows on Disney+, Plus and Netflix, and Paramount+, Plus and Hulu, it's kind of a necessary evil. But that said, one of my goals for 2022 is to thin the herd, which is where Truebill comes in. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgotten about. I know, I know, a lot of companies make it hard to cancel subscriptions. That's what's great about Truebill. They make this process incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Let me tell you, folks, making use of this app can be incredibly lucrative. The average user saves $720 a year by using Truebill. Don't believe me? Listen to what Truebill user Becca L. had to say. Hands down, the best financial app I discovered. In my first week, I opened up $187 in unused reoccurring subscriptions. I'm obsessed. I never want to manage finances without Truebill again. So, if you'd like to join the more than two million TrueBill members who are taking back financial control, go to the App Store or Google Play today and download TrueBill today for free. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today with TrueBill.com/DisneyDish. Go right now, TrueBill.com/DisneyDish. It could save you thousands a year. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know what's ironic? A lot of us out there will drop everything to go help someone we care about. I mean, we'll go way out of our way to treat other people well. But how often do we give ourselves that same sort of treatment? Seriously, we all want to be there for friends and family. But but let's be honest here. You can't help those folks if you yourself aren't feeling mentally healthy. That's why BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And if you feel the need for some self-care, well, BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. More to the point, BetterHelp is much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So why not give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. As I mentioned a moment ago, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, which is why Disney Dish listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com disneydish Disney Dish. Again, that's betterhelp, betterhel dot com Disney Dish. All right, Jim.
0: Crushing Gusher over at Typhoon Lagoon was, I believe, the world's or Disney's first water-based roller coaster. And I went on it the week it opened, but it's been a while. So why don't you give us the uh, the background here of how this all happened and what the uh, what the
1: response was? Crush and Guster is located at Typhoon Lagoon, which opened in June of 89. And in the span of just 11 months, the Grand Floridian opens June of 1988. The Caribbean Beach Resort Phase One opens in October of that same year. Disney MGM opens May 1st, 89. On that same day, we get Pleasure Island. And then one month later, we get Typhoon Lagoon, a 56-acre water park. It's an insane building spree. All of this was done inside of 11 months. And the thing is, not a construction worker left property because they basically walked across the street, across Buena Vista Drive, and then got to work on the convention kingdom, which, you know, Mm -hmm. Swan had 758 rooms that opened January of 1990. Dolphin had 1,500 plus rooms, opened in June of that same year. Then Yacht Club and Beach Club opened within two weeks of each other in November That was almost 3,500 rooms opened for guests in 10 months' time, plus the second largest ballroom in the country, at that time anyway, 87 meeting rooms, and nearly 330,000 square feet of exhibit space. All of that inside of just this one 27-month-long period. How is it that we were able to accomplish that much? In twenty-seven months, and we are still waiting for one thrill ride to be completed. It's just a matter of uh, uh, of will to get it done, right? I mean,
0: this is what I tell people all the time: like Disney Disney's market capitalization is two hundred and seventy billion dollars. They're mm-hmm. basically a nation state. If they okay. were their own country, they would be the seventy sixth largest country by GDP in the world. Right? Wow. They can they can do basically whatever. Yeah, just blow Venezuela actually. Mm-hmm. I checked this yesterday uh, for another thing. <laughs> like <laughs> this, this is just coincidence. So we're talking about it. Um, wow! You know, they're a nation state. They can do whatever mm-hmm. they want, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when something doesn't happen, it's because they don't they don't care enough, right? mm-hmm. and that's that's the plain fact
1: this was during the era when Michael Eisner was in charge of the Walt Disney Company and Michael didn't do this sort of ambitious build out of the kindness of his heart. The convention kingdom, that was all in reaction to a January 1989 expansion of the Orange County Convention Center. Likewise, Pleasure Island was was Eisner responding to Church Street Station and and likewise Typhoon Lagoon was all about responding to Wet n Wild, which was down on I Drive and and again, obviously, MD. MGM is the response to Universal, which was going to open in June of 1990. But remember that if we're talking about Disney's mindset in 89, MGM, Pleasure Island, and Typh Lagoon were all half day long activities. That's the thing people don't understand about the studio theme park is that it wasn't initially supposed to be a full day's worth of entertainment. It was all literally just in the window of it opening. It's like, oh, we're going to get compared to the kingdom and Epcot, and we need to expand this thing pretty rapidly because people are going to get upset when they only realize they, they have a half day's worth of entertainment here. But taking the typical Disney World vacation at that time with the one day at the kingdom, two days at Epcot, and then like mm-hmm. a half day over at the shopping village, does the touring plant stuff bear that out from that time? Or yeah, I mean, you one or two days in the Magic Kingdom, you know, one or two days in Epcot, mm. you know, and then have a day somewhere else. If you took these other half-day activities, the studio park, the water park, and the nighttime complex, you now add another day and a half. And you also add another day and a half at a time when you're really ramping up your on-property hotel rooms, whether it's the Flow or the Caribbean Beach. And that then starts to turn into significant money. But anyway, okay, we're here to talk about Typhoon Lagoon, which the challenge with a water park which is built around... A three million dollar two and a half acre wave pool, which in order to get those five and a half foot tongle waves, you have a huge back-of-the-house complex. Yep. So you're dealing with a lot of concrete that you cannot move. Typhoon Lagoon largely got built because of what was going on at River Country at the time. That you know, I mean, if you weren't on your way, you hadn't parked the car and climbed on a bus by eight o'clock in the morning. Chances are in the the mid nineteen eighties you weren't getting into river park, you know, the yeah. to river country. Yeah, by nine o'clock it was I mean, yeah. by, by the by by the time most people were up and moving, it was already sold out, right? They ran into basically the same thing with Typhoon Lagoon. How many times have you driven by Typhoon Lagoon and seen that A-frame sign out front by 10 o'clock in the morning to the effect of we're at capacity? At that point, it was only the Disney buses that could get in. They were turning away the cars. This is why just two years after Typhoon Lagoon opens, Walt Disney World announced they're building a second water park, Blizzard Beach, and this is going to be a 61-acre complex versus the 56-acre. But at this time, Disney's mindset has changed yet again. The park had been open like five years, and then they built Winter Summerland right yep. next door to, to Blizzard Beach, which is the notion of, could we possibly turn this into a full day thing? Maybe people would swim in the morning, and then they'd come out and play a round of miniature golf in the afternoon. Think about it. There's an interesting parallel between building Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach and also building the Fantasia Gardens miniature golf course, and then Winter Summerland. I mean... Fantasia Gardens only opened in May of 96, and yet by March of 99, they're building a second miniature golf complex. And the decision wasn't, ooh, we have high demand for Fantasia Gardens, let's add another 18 holes here. It's like, no, let's build an entirely different facility somewhere else on property to spread these folks out. And, you know… That was also kind of the thinking with Blizzard Beach. You know, to the effect of, oof, this isn't a situation where we should be expanding Typhoon Lagoon. We no, you know right. right now we need a second water
0: park. The interesting thing for me here is that if you look at geographically where all of these things are, it's it's Epcot and the Animal Kingdom resort area, not the
1: Magic Kingdom. No, and when's the last time we talked about the new Remember how they they were going to be expanding on the other side of Coronado, the hotel complex, the dining, retail. Oh, uh, uh, flamingo crossing. Yeah, that's
0: they're still working on it. But, uh, but I think there's what
1: five hotels now. Yeah. 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 But that was the thing. That was the sense was, this is where we're going in the future. And so this is where we should be planting our flag. And at one point, the Coronado, there was one version of that where that was going to be an Alpine themed hotel. And the notion was that the way the special perk that guests would have staying at the hotel that was going to, the Alpine themed hotel that was going to be where the Coronado is right now, Mm -hmm. is they could board a ski lift that would take them across Butters Drive, you know, over Let's to the out. water park.
0: Let's go So, yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
1: But anyway, okay. So, Blizzard Beach opens April of 1995. And for six-year span, Disney has three water parks. You know, you've got the original River Country which opened June of 76 and on the heels of 9-11 temporarily closed in November of 2001. And right. only I, I want to say in January of 2005 did the company, but this is never reopening. It was always a question they defer, but anyway, okay. Typhoon Lagoon opens June of 89, Blizzard Beach opens in April of 95. But again, we were talking about Michael Eisner, very competitive guy, Mm-hmm. And he one day is shown a piece of video uh, for a piece of technology called a Master Blaster, which is this amazing piece of ride technology that it allows water parks to place guests in inflatable rafts and then using this torrent of water under high pressure, it can push rafts uphill. And it essentially create a roller coaster-like experience. Now, mind you, you have to build partially enclosed tubes and gravity has to, to come into play at some point and, you know, you have a splashdown pool at the end, but Michael gets one look at the video and it's like, we have to have one of these for, for Walt Disney World. And mm-hmm. since at this point, Typhoon Lagoon is the elder of the two water parks at the property, decided that this water powered coaster technology goes there. We've got our $3 million wave pool. And again, you've all of this steel and concrete back of a house uh, that has to be used to create these five and a half foot tall waves. So it's just sort of like... But here, the Imagineers have their marching orders from Michael Eisner. It's the effective Master Blaster has to go in to Typhoon Lagoon. But now it's the themed entertainment equivalent of Hippocratic Oath. It's like, first, do no harm to the two and a half acre wave pool right at the center of the park. So how then... Do you shoehorn in this master blaster technology? Where do you go with this? Right. And you still have to live within the story of the world of Typhoon Lagoon. Typhoon Lagoon, right. Yeah, well, you walk in and there's Miss Tilly sitting at the top of Mount Mayday. Right. The park already had its iconic um, landmark, Mm -hmm. right? It's uh, it's a weenie, right? Yeah, and and that's the thing. You can't pull focus from that. So what do you do? So the managers sit and they puzzle at this for a while. And they're like, okay, wait a minute. We've got the story about the... You know, the hurricane that happens and it flattens the town and we, everybody rebuilds out of the wreckage. And mm-hmm. so it's like, what's to say that there was a part of the town that when, after the storm happened, that, you know, so many trees came down, that became inaccessible for years. But we're only just now starting to get out to that side of town. and and It's like the ruins know, of Pompeii, but okay, yeah. There we hey, know. guess what we found? You know, <laughs> What we we have off in the tumble-down jungle, off to the side of Mount day, mm-hmm. is the tropical Amity fruit exporter. Oh, I, f- I forgot that this is fruit-themed. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You arrive at this russeted hulk of a warehouse, and as, as guests go through the facility, they see the remains of the equipment of uh, that it was supposed to be used to clean the fruit prior to yeah. being packed and then exported. So you have your fruit washing equipment that then gives you your excuse to do the high power water thing. And you could explain it away. It's like, look, it was just in the jungle over here that got so overgrown. We, you know, we only just now are getting into this place.
0: So this is a family coaster, right? Very much so. It, yeah. Isn't there a conveyor belt system that brings the... This is this is not one of those ones where you carry the
1: raft up, is it? No. Okay. When you talk with the imaginators of the, the project, they took so much of the research they learned from operations on Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach. I mean, for example... They knew right from the get-go, it's like, look, if we're gonna spend this time and this much money to build this thing, it makes no sense to just do one. This thing has to have capacity. So it's like, they went back and forth, eventually settled on, okay, we're gonna do three of these these fruit shoots <laughs> that are powered hmm. by the master blaster technology. We have the pineapple plunger, the coconut crusher, and of course the banana blaster. It also has to fit within the same footprint. So each of these uh, fruit shoots minor variations in length. I think there's one that's 410 feet long, another one that's 420. But it's all about making sure that the space is there, back of house to get the rafts on a conveyor built up. Likewise, just the technology that has to support the master blasters. I mean, Mm -hmm. each of the the jet water nozzles that push a raft uphill, each of these individual things are blasting out 1,350 gallons of water per minute. What I love about Disney press releases, they talk about you know, if you sent water through a fire hose at that pressure, it would reach the same height as the Tower of Terror. Which, again, I, yeah. 199 feet.
0: Yeah, this is, this is the kind of stuff that you would uh, you would not use to pressure clean your deck.
1: Oh, no, no, not not if you still wanted to have a deck. (laughs) There we go. Now, here's the other thing. Because Disney has to license this technology for the Master Blaster from NBGS International, this project got very costly very quickly. So, Disney turns to Chiquita. Uh, Officially gets announced November of 2004. At that time, it is hyped as the only water coaster thrill ride of its kind in Central Florida, which... Not the greatest bragging rights, but we'll go with it. Okay. Uh, All right. So anyway, Crush and Gesser Oak Soft Opens on March 13th. That's when uh, Typhoon Moon came back from its annual rehab. Uh, Official opening ceremony is held on March 16th, and they bring in Kristen Storms from Mm. Days of Our Life. Because again, Uh, Storms, Typhoon Lagoon. I get get, it. There we go. I get it. Crush and Gesser is a huge hit right off the bat. And so parks and resorts are immediately, well, where else can we use this water coaster technology? And takes an interesting turn in 2007. This is when Disney is getting ready to launch the next two ships uh, in the cruise line. Uh, the Dream, which which launches in January, 2011 and the Fantasy, uh, February, 2012. And so what do we get? The much Ballyhooed special feature of, of these two ships, the aqueduct. Yep. Seven hundred and sixty-five foot-long water coaster yeah. uh, takes guests from deck sixteen through the faux funnels at the center of the ship, and all the way down to deck twelve. And you, uh, it actually loops out over the ocean too, right? It does. It does. Yeah. And and yeah. by the way, almost twice the length again of those four hundred and ten to four hundred twenty foot-long fruit shoots found out of the Crush and Gusher. Later this year, we will get the next generation of the Aqueduct. On the wish? Oh, really? I haven't even looked
0: at it that much. I'm, I'm trying to go into the wish like uh, without any spoilers. But they have a uh, they have
1: a um, a powered water roller coaster, the Aqua Mouse, Aqua and Mouse. the Imagineers are trying to sell this version of the water coaster as the first attraction at sea because what's different between the Aqua Mouse and the Aqua Duck is well, first of all, it's going to feature. Special pieces of animation that are created for the cruise line that key off of the, the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse show, the short oh, you so fantastic. in love with. I'm in. I'm on board. Literally and figuratively. Keying off at least the two days uh, at sea cruises, mm-hmm. there will be two different themes. The ride will have different themes on different days?
0: Yes. Oh, that's crazy. It right, will be
1: the scuba scramble and then the Swiss meltdown. I'm just hungry (laughs) hearing about it. By the way, it will feature the Yeti from uh, Disneyland's Matterhorn. Oh, beautiful. By the way, the whole theme will feature a a themed overlay. Uh, For example, your raft on this water coaster departs from Mickey and Minnie's onboard excursion company, the Port Misadventures, and you then head (laughs) off for a two-minute long cruise around the ship.
0: That's a that's a very long water ride. Two it minutes? is. Yeah. It
1: is. But this reminds me of Misadventure Falls, the Typhoon Lagoon's family-friendly raft ride, which this past weekend, that attraction celebrated the fifth anniversary of its opening, premiered at that water park, March 12th, 2017. Also uses a, a conveyor belt to, uh, to get you up. It does. Uh, uh, it yeah, yeah. does.
0: Yeah. Also a nice little butt massage as you're doing it. It's so <laughs> well, an added bonus I- right there. Who needs a
1: spa? And let's also not forget about the first animatronic uh, in a Disney water park. So right, uh, right. we'll talk about that in another Disney dish. I mean, summer's coming up. We should do water parks. I agree. I agree.
0: I am super looking forward now to the
1: uh, to the to uh, being on The Wish then. At the very least, Paul Felix and his team at Disney Television Animation have just done a killer job. On the animation elements that you'll see once you're on the AcroMouse, uh, super excited! All right, September, Jim. It's still bathing suit weather in September.
0: Okay, that's both a warning and a uh, and a statement of fact.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> no two self, leave the thong at home. <laughs>
0: Fantastic story, the Jim. I did not know that uh, all of these things were linked. That's great.
1: It's all a conspiracy, Len. All a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. That's going to do it
0: for the Disney Dish show today. Please head on over to DisneyDish.BandCamp.com. We'll find exclusive shows never before heard on iTunes. On next week's show, we're going to have Christina back to talk about all of the food and activities at Epcot's Flower and Garden Festival. You can find more of Jim at JimHillMedia.com and more of me, Len, at TouringPlants.com. Dot com were produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who will be giving out samples of his new wedding cake designs featuring boss relief carving and pressed flowers made with exotic citrus flavors such as decoupon and etrog at the 2022 Connecticut Wedding Expo on Sunday, April 3rd from noon to 3 p.m. at the Meadowbrook Estate and Mansion on West Road in charming Marlboro, Connecticut. While Aaron's doing that, please go into iTunes and Radar Show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.